Welcome to Truth Revealed Ministries, the weekly broadcast from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York, with Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised, infallible, and impregnable Word of the Living God. Our prayer is that today's message draws you closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Albert. Hallelujah for the message. Give me five. Hallelujah. That is my title for today's message. Glory to God. Give me five. And in a, in a few moments, you'll understand why I chose this particular title. Let's open up our word to Philippians chapter four. We're going to read from verses four through eight. And then we're going to go to the book of Colossians. And we're going to read chapter three, verses 12 through 17. Philippians chapter 4. If you have it, say amen. Praise God. If you'd like to stand to give reverence to the word, that's perfectly fine. Hallelujah. Beginning at verse number 4, and the word of the Lord says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Hallelujah. Let's now turn to Colossians, the book of Colossians, and open up to chapter 3. We're going to begin at verse number 12. And the word of the Lord says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on, turn your neighbor and say, put on, hallelujah. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love. Turn your neighbor and say, put on love which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Hallelujah. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalm and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor, slap him a high five this morning. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You can take your seats this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me just start by saying the term, give me five, it really came from the fact that we have five fingers on each hand. And when we say to someone or we ask someone, give me five, it's typically a good thing. When someone says, give me five, it's a good thing. Praise God. It's, it's something that is a, a cause for celebration, a cause for acknowledgement, or even an agreement. When two people are in agreement, we say, that play was awesome. Boom. And we give them a high five. That song was the bomb, diggity. Boom. And we give them a high five. That meal was fantastic. It was fantabulous. And it was banging. And we give them a high five, right? We always acknowledge people, our, our, our agreement together, our unity. We always express it with a gesture. High five. Hallelujah. Or give me five. Me, I always like to play with the little kids. And I go, give me five. And then when they go to give me five, I go, whoop, you missed me. Hallelujah. But that's another story for another day. Hallelujah. But when you think of the term, give me five, right? You would never say, give me five for something negative. If there's a loss in the family, you would never say, give me five. Because it wouldn't work, right? If you lost a dog or a cat, give me five. People would be angry. If you lost your job, and give me five. High five, bro. People would look at you like, what is wrong with this guy? He done lost his mind. I'm not going to give you five. I can't give you no dap on that. It would actually be unjust or even disrespectful. You see, this morning, I want to point out a few real true factors. There are many, maybe some in this very room, that are living in really a mediocre state. Paycheck to paycheck, no hope, no aspirations, no goals, no desires, no, no strive to achieve anything. And there are people that are just living their life. There's an old saying, que sera, sera, whatever it is, it is, or whatever, the song of the coward, whatever, right? And, and we go through these changes and we, we're up today. We're down tomorrow. We're on fire today, and, and tomorrow we're completely lost, and we don't even know what's going on. Today, I'm here to help you change that mindset. Hallelujah. Today, hallelujah, I'm praying that through God's word, through the many verses we share today, that that, that mindset, that that que sera, sera, that that whatever stuff, that that mediocre living is a thing of the past and it gets put behind you forevermore. Hallelujah. We're not going to dwell on yesterday's uh, uh, victories or yesterday's achievements. We're not going to dwell in the glory years because there's always Christians that say, well, in 1932, I wasn't even born in 32. In 1932, there was a revival in the land. Hallelujah. And I said, yeah, but what is God doing now? Hallelujah. What is God doing in your life now? Praise God. In 1986, the Lord delivered me. What, what is the Lord doing now? And see, we can't lose sight. Our God is a progressive God. He's always moving. 
He's always forging ahead. He's always taking us from deep to deep, from level to level, from glory to glory. And if we miss it, we miss out on everything. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and that life more abundantly. The enemy has come to take away life, to rob, to steal, to destroy, to, to take away your peace, to take away your victory, to take away your hope, to take away your provision, to take away even your, your joy, your contentment. And oftentimes, we let, them, uh, uh, we let them in. We let them in by some of our own doing. We give him permission. But Jesus said, I have come that you would have life and that more abundantly. And today, hallelujah, we're going to look at how exceedingly and abundantly God is. Hallelujah. He forgives abundantly. He heals abundantly. Our God restores abundantly. He provides abundantly. Our God releases power, authority, and dominion in abundance. Glory to God. Our God baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he gives it all. Hallelujah. He doesn't give a little piece now and a little bit later. It's all. Hallelujah. He gives you himself completely. Glory to God. Our God gives you life with purpose, with destiny. He gives you a hope and a future, and that hope with abundance. Hallelujah. How many believe that? Hallelujah. Can I get a witness in this place? Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Hallelujah. We're going somewhere. Don't go to sleep on my watch. Hallelujah. Don't make me call you. I'm not going to call you out. Hallelujah. That's not my flow. I don't flow like that. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to get you motivated. Hallelujah. Our God fills your cup to overflowing he anoints your head with oil and he does so with abundance our God is a good good father he is a rewarder of those that earnestly seek him are you seeking after him this morning are you looking for the Lord hallelujah are you in it for blessings or are you in it for love hallelujah are you in it for joy and peace and prosperity or are you in it because you're just devoted to him because you recognize man if it were not for the grace of God I don't know what I would be right now I don't know where I'd be I should be in the hole in the ground I should be deep six or locked up God only knows from where the depths that he pulled my life out of. Hallelujah. This morning, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you all five this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you five disciplines. Hallelujah. Five daily disciplines to not only get you to, to live your life, to thrive and not just survive. Uh, 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 five disciplines that should change your whole demeanor, your whole outlook. And if you take part of these five daily disciplines, your life for you will not just be ordinary, but it will be spectacular. Hallelujah. These five disciplines can literally change your whole dimension, your whole flow. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Today, this is your word. The storms in life will come. The crisis will come. But if you maintain these five disciplines, you could weather any storm. You could weather any crisis, and you will be able to stand no matter what happens on the outside. Amen? So let's go in. Hallelujah. Number one, we are to rise thankfully each and every day. We started out with Philippians 4, 4, and it said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, 
Rejoice. Listen, it might sound like, like a no-brainer. It might sound like a real elementary thing, but how many people actually wake up in the morning and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many rise up thankful in the morning that before your feet hit the ground before you put your feet in the slippers. Hallelujah. You say glory to God. Another day of life. Thank you for breath in my body. Hallelujah. Thank you for this nice soft bed that I have to sleep on last night. Thank you, oh God, for your presence is real. Your authority in my life is real. You know, we, we should be the first one in the morning shouting out the name of Jesus Christ. Start each day with an attitude of gratitude. Glory to God. Psalm 92, we read earlier. It said, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Do you know that depending on how you start your day before your feet hit the floor, the way you start your day is going to determine how you live out the rest of that day. Did you know that? If you wake up like negative Nelly and sour puss uh, uh, Susie, then you know what? You're going to have a whole whack day. You're going to have an awful experience. Your whole day is going to be shot. And there are people that wake up like that, unhappy, miserable. Oh, I can't believe I got to go to work today. Work is a blessing. Glory to God. There are people that don't have a job, eating Cheerios and playing Xbox and have no life. I'm talking about adults. I'm not talking about kids. There are adults without work. Am I telling the truth? Hallelujah. And when they want something, they go, Mommy, can you give me $20? I want to go to the movies. What? Get a job. Hallelujah. Man up. That's my Father's Day message. Hallelujah. I'm going there. Hallelujah. Praise God. How about giving thanks for all the things that God has given you, the things that we take for granted? Do you know the breath that you breathe is a gift of God? No other planet in our whole solar system has air. We do. We need air to breathe. God thought about that. Hallelujah. We don't think of the things that are natural to our life. Water, food, shelter, clothing, all those things are very important. We, we have to be grateful for the basic commodities of life. Look at 1 Timothy 6 through 8. 6, 6 through 8. It says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with all of these, we shall be content. How many are grateful for the clothes you have on your back right now? Hallelujah. You know, it's so, it's so, uh, it's so funny because there, there are some churches that you have to be dressed to the T. Praise God. And let me tell you, some of us don't have clothing or money to buy uh, uh, these beautiful outfits week after week. There's no pressure, right? The dress code here is wear some clothes. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Praise God. You want to come in sweatpants? Come in sweatpants. You want to come in, in chancletas, flip-flops? I don't care. Just come. This is a no-judgment zone. Glory to God. I mean, we got to be grateful for the little things. Let me give you a little illustration this morning. There was a man who got on a bus one day and found a seat. On the next stop, a lady got on 
and had to stand because there were no seats left on the bus. The man noticed, and as a gentleman, as he was taught from his parents, he stood up to give this lady his seat. The lady sat down and immediately fainted because she was so astonished that someone actually offered their seat to her. And when she came to, she looked at the man and thanked him, sincerely for giving her the seat. The man looked at her, and then he fainted himself out of shock that someone would be so grateful that he gave up his seat. You see, where has the gratitude gone? Where, where have we, 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 have we forgotten to be grateful? You know, I, I'm the type of guy, I know I, I talk with Sister Lisette, we're, you know, I, I hold doors for people all the time, all the time. I say, come on in. And so often people will just walk by. Walk right through. Don't even say thank you. And I'll say, you're welcome. To remind them, you forgot to be grateful for me holding the door. You know, we're in a society now where it's like, do for me and I don't care if you don't like it. You know, give me, give me, give me. The Bible says the, 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 the leech has two daughters. Give me, give me is their name. And we don't want to be that kind of society. Be grateful. Be grateful. Open up doors for people. Pull out chairs. Do all those things. Glory to God. Say please and thank you. And say you're welcome. And be courteous to one another. Hallelujah. How about being thankful for the very gift of salvation? Look at Psalm 103. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Glory to God. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. If that don't get you to shout, you're dead already. Hallelujah. But that is some good news. Glory to God. I read the word of God. It ignites me like a fire. Hallelujah. It should be an expression of joy. You see, church, we need to start every day with an attitude of thanksgiving. I like to call it thanks living. When you start to wake up and live your life being grateful and thankful, things start to change. Hallelujah. And even people around you that have the, the sourpuss, even those people start to change. You walk into a room and you're like this, hey, God bless you. They don't even know why they're laughing. Hallelujah. Did you know that smiles are contagious? Did you know being cheerful, it, it's contagious, it, it, it does something to somebody else? When you walk into a room and, and, and your presence, your demeanor, your disposition is pleasant, it transfers onto other people. It shifts the atmosphere in the room. The Bible calls it the light. Hallelujah. When you walk in the light like he is in the light, hallelujah, you start to change the atmosphere. Uh, uh, last week's message, we had a really good message, praise God. Uh, 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 and part of it was about walking in the light. And I was, uh, Brother Alex was sharing a testimony that they went to McDonald's. They had the after church church, hallelujah. They went to McDonald's, praise God, hallelujah. Three young men, Brother Lester, Victor, Alex, they went. I'm sorry I'm using y'all, but 
It's all good. You love me. Hallelujah. I love you too. Right? The Bible says testify. But they're eating their Big Mac with quarter pounder with cheese and french fries, whatever you had. Hallelujah. And they begin to talk about Jesus. They begin to talk about God. And Brother Victor had a hat said, I love Jesus. How many ain't scared to wear a hat like that? Praise God. And all of a sudden, as they're sitting down, people are coming to the table saying, man, it's good to see these young brothers out here talking about Jesus. Another brother said, is that Jesus that you're praying to? Yes, it is. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And they started having church. You see, when you start to not be afraid and not be apologetic for who it is that you stand with and who it is that you serve, it changes the atmosphere. And even the darkness has to contend with the light. Even the darkness has to start tripping. Either run for cover or join in. Hallelujah. Because the light overpowers and overcovers the darkness. It will always put out the darkness. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. How about this? Uh, uh, also, before you uh, uh, have breakfast, I like to call it no Bible, no breakfast. Hallelujah. How about starting out a daily discipline of opening up your word? Hallelujah. Nowadays, we have the word on our cell phone, and we're so quick to open up Facebook and Instagram and, and, and Snapchat and Twitter and, and Glitter and all the other apps that are out there. Hallelujah. But we're so quick to open up stuff. How about opening up the book? Hallelujah. How about getting into the word? Stick your nose in the book. Hallelujah. And start getting active. Because you know what? When you start reading the word, the rest of your day goes smooth sailing. Because God will give you wisdom for the day. God will give you strength for the day. God will say, hey, listen, be on guard today because the enemy's out there prowling like a roaring lion. Hallelujah. But you will overcome him. Hallelujah. No Bible, no breakfast. Get into the word. We were reading Psalm 103 earlier now. Look at Psalm 119. It says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Look at Colossians 3, 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Hallelujah. We need to make reading of the word a daily habit, especially for the men in the house because reading for the men is like kryptonite to Superman. Hallelujah. If you want to hide something from a brother, put it in a book because he'll never read it. Glory to God. But men, we need to get past that. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. If that's a male, hallelujah. Yes, I am. I'm talking about you, brothers. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. But we need to stop being afraid to read. Reading is fundamental. Reading is virtuous. And the only way you're going to get God's word in you is to read it. Hallelujah. Amen? Read the word. Here, number two. Prayer. Hello. Hallelujah. Pray with expectancy. Verse 6 in Philippians, it says, make your request known to God. How many are actually making requests every single morning? How many wake up and say, Lord, I need your help for the day. Lord, I need your strength. You know, my boss is tripping. My, my co-workers, my car is acting up. Lord God, I need you. Listen, bring God into your life. Welcome him into your day. He's not scared. We often forget about prayer. What a privilege it is to pray. Do you realize 
the creator of the universe, the creator of heavens and earth, the creator of dimensions that we haven't even comprehended. We haven't seen, not even the Hubble telescope has seen what God has in store for those who love him. The creator of heaven and earth has given you the key to the kingdom. He has given you the privilege, the honor to enter his throne room of grace with boldness, with confidence, and you can go directly to him. You don't have to pray to Mother Mary. You don't have to pray to Buddha, Allah. No, they can't do nothing for you. Those are false gods. Those are idols, and those are, some of them are alive. Hallelujah, some of them are dead. But the only one who can do anything is Christ Jesus. The only one who can answer your prayer is Jesus Christ. Allah and Jehovah uh, ain't the same person. Hallelujah. There ain't, there ain't uh, no similarities. There's no comparison. We pray to God the Father. Hallelujah. Isn't it beautiful where the Lord says to James, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Look at 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord, this great creator, this great God, the one and only, the Alpha and Omega, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's watching over you. Hallelujah. And his ears are open to their prayers. Say, he's listening. Hallelujah. He's listening. But, but here's the rest of the verse. Here it comes. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Bam! You know, like the lotto, it says you got to be in it to win it. If you're in Christ, you're in it to win it. Hallelujah. Because at the end, we win. Hallelujah. But if you're not in Christ, you already lost. Proverbs 15.9. Here's another wonderful verse. It says, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Listen, I can go through the entire Bible, and all through the Bible, his word is consistent. He hears the prayers of his children. The Lord hearkens his ear to the cry of his people. Do you know what hearkens means? When, when the Bible talks about he hearkens his ear, it's like a waitress in a restaurant that has all these dishes on a tray and everybody's talking, but all of a sudden she goes, whoops, trips, and all the glasses go, bling, 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 and they break. All of a sudden, whoosh, it's like E.F. Hutton speaks. There's a hush and the whole restaurant and everybody looks, what just broke? Who dropped the plate? That's what hearkens mean. When, when the Lord says he hearkens his ear, it's like a plate drop. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Brother Devin's calling out my name. Hold on. Sorry, brother. I'm using you. Hallelujah. I got to listen. Brother Devin's calling me. He hearkens his ear. The angels are like, holy, holy, huh? Listen, that's power. That's authority. Isn't that a good thing? God hears your prayer. And then we don't even pray. We don't even pray oftentimes. Instead, we rather worry. The Bible says pray more, worry less. Pray more. You, did you know that worry is a substitute for prayer? People who are always worrying because they have no prayer life. 
Worry is simply a substitute for prayer. There's a quote from Dr. Ed Cole that says, there's so much counseling in the body of Christ because there's so little prayer. The Bible wants us to pray. Pray about everything and pray with expectancy. So expect that your prayers not only are being heard, but they're going to be answered. Hallelujah. Because God answers prayer. We have a prayer line in this church, Jeremiah 33.3. Call unto me and I will, what? Answer you. Glory to God. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Let me tell you, church, we could pray and believe and receive, or we could pray and doubt and go without. Hallelujah. The choice is completely up to you. James 1, 6 through 8, it says, but let him ask in faith. When you pray, pray in faith. Pray believing that your prayer is being heard and it will be answered. Glory to God. It says, let him pray in faith. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is double-minded and unstable in all that he does. Hallelujah. Don't be double-minded today. Hallelujah. Believe that the God that you serve listens to you, and he will answer your prayer. The only prayer that God can't answer, or at least one of the prayers that God can't answer, is an unanswered, uh, is an unprayed prayer. You know, we don't pray, but we, got, we want God to answer our prayer that we haven't even prayed. We have no relationship, no dialogue, nothing, but we want God to bless us and cover us and do all these wonderful things. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Let me go really quick through verse number seven. It's very important. He talked about the peace. Let the peace of God guard your heart. And he also said in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule your heart. So let God's peace guard your heart and let God's peace rule your heart. What does that mean? Hallelujah. In other words, the word in the, in the Greek that is translated here is, is like the word umpire. You know, a baseball umpire or a referee, right? Their job is to, is to, to give the rules of, of whatever game is, is playing. You know, when the umpire sees a ball, whew, he says, safe or, or strike or whatever, you know, a foul ball. Let the word of God, let the peace of God be your umpire. In other words, if you have peace, go with it. If there's no peace, then that means God isn't there. The next time you're making a decision, the next time you need an answer from God, look for his peace. Because where there is peace, God grants peace. He says, I give you my peace in abundance to an overflow, the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's why when you're going through something and, 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 and everybody else around you is going crazy because they're handing out pink slips at the job and you say, listen, it doesn't matter. They could give me a pink slip if they want because God has something better for me. 
If the gas goes up to $10, hallelujah, a gallon, that means God is promoting me so I have money to pay for the gas. I don't got to rob no bank. I don't got to steal nothing. I don't got to lie on my taxes because my source is from the Lord, the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills. He is my Jehovah Nisi, my Jehovah Rapha. He is my provider. Glory to God. I have no fear, no doubt, no worry because I got relationship with him. Hallelujah. How about number three? Praise God. Number three, not only be kind, but speak kindly to everyone. In other words, walk every day in the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit? The Bible says that the fruits of the Spirit are manifest. They're visible. They should be credible in the life of of every believer. Our fruit should be visible for all people to see. The Bible says also in Galatians 5 that the works of the flesh are also visible. They're also manifested for all to see. So in other words, when you're dealing with someone and they start manifesting and they start carrying on and road rage and all the other stuff, you know that those are the works of the flesh. When someone comes to you with respect, with gentleness, with meekness, with kindness, with self-control. You know, that person has the Spirit of God because those are attributes of the Spirit of God. So often we have difficulty trying to figure out who our friends are, who our associates are. All you need to do is look for the fruit. Look for the fruit. How do these people act? What do they say? How are their actions lining up with their words? Are they consistent? Do they follow a certain protocol in their life or they just fly by the seat of their pants and, and go wherever they go and whatever happens, boom, they overreact, fly off the handle. We, we have to make better decisions. And let me, let me also say this. Not everyone who says is a Christian is a Christian. Not everyone who says, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian is a Christian. All you got to do is look at, look, look at social media. Everybody's Christian. But the things they put on their page is an abomination. And, 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 and here's another prayer that God won't hear. The prayer of a wicked. Right? Proverbs 28.9. I'm not lying. It says, uh, uh, he who turns a deaf ear from the law, even his prayer is an abomination. There are certain prayers that God won't hear. And you see it on Facebook all the time. I'll pray for you, girl. But then the next picture is, yo, at the club with a drink in their hand and everything, ungodly videos, all kinds of craziness out there. Listen, God don't hear the prayers of the wicked. We just read it earlier. He turns his face away from the wicked. The only prayer that God hears from the wicked is a prayer of a repentant heart, a heart of contrition, a heart that is come to the place where they say, I recognize I'm lost. I can't live this life anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. I, I don't know how to even start this, this journey, but I'm telling you, I know that I know that I know I got to get right with God. That's when the Lord says, what? Hold it. What? Good God. What a good God. He's always on the lookout for a heart that is ready to draw to him. 
And, you know, we think sometimes we have to get good first to go to God. And God said, no, 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 no. Just the way you are. Come, I take you with all your hang-ups, with all your faults, tattoos, rings, piercings. It don't matter. I don't care. You look good. You smell good. You look dirty. You stinky. I'll take you the way you are. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. You come to him just the way you are. He'll turn everything around. Verse 8 in, in, in uh, Philippians, it says, Whatever things are noble and just and pure and lovely, of good report, if there's any virtue, how often do we actually look for the virtues in people? If there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. In other words, people, get rid of stinking thinking. Hallelujah. Get rid of that warped sense of thought. Let me tell you something. The words that come out of our mouth are like a mirror. They reveal what's really inside our mind, our head, our heart. The Bible says... Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. See, one of the most difficult things we can do, especially in dealing with one another, is find positive qualities, find virtuous qualities in people, especially those that are opposed to you. But Jesus said, Bless those who persecute you. Pray for them that afflict you, that punish you, that lord over you. Bless them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he said that we can do it and he showed us how he did it, then, then we should be able to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit of God and we should be able to do it. To pray for the very person that is getting on your last nerve. Yup, that one. The one that when, when they walk into the room, you go, oh. Hallelujah. I'm telling the truth, hallelujah. I'm telling the truth. We got to pray for those. You know, when they walk in the room, say, I can't believe. They had the gumptions to come up in here. Yes, yes, pray for them. That brother, that sister, pray for them. You know why? Because it releases that junk, that bitterness. It takes it out of your heart. And then you start to have compassion. Oh, Lord, bless them. Oh, Lord, they're struggling. They're so miserable. They're so depressed. Oh, God, I got the joy of the Spirit of God. You know what? Let some of this joy be released, oh, God. Let the overflow of the Holy Spirit, let it, let it just touch them, Lord God. Like, like the lady with the issue of blood that touched the hem of the garment. Oh, God, and she was made whole. Oh, God, just let a little bit of, of this that you have so graciously given me, let it flow. Next thing you know, that person might be your best friend. Hallelujah. God can do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, he can do it. Hallelujah. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I know I can do it. Hallelujah. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Speaking of which. It says, do not be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation, which means indulgence or in excess. But instead be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all the things God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Paul gives us in these previous verses a little bit of a cure for critical tongues and critical, even critical thinking. He says, think positively. Whatever things are pure, noble, upright, praiseworthy, virtuous, think on these things. Focus on the praise, the virtue, the praise. Look for the good in people. Refuse to focus on their faults. How about that? Because when you look at other people's faults, it somehow makes you forget that you got some issues too. Hallelujah. Amen? We don't like to look at our faults. We don't like to let the skeletons out. That's why we keep them in the closet so nobody sees them. Number four, forgive others quickly. Hallelujah. This is huge. Forgiveness is a huge discipline. Forgiveness is a call to Christian love and Christian mercy. It is a call to kindness. It is a call to humility. It is a call of long-suffering and even self-control. We are to forgive others quickly. Praise God. Because we have also been forgiven of much. Let me tell you something that is very scary, and we see it a lot in the body of Christ. Those that do not wish to forgive, those that hold on to, to those that have hurt them and, 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 and done things to them as little children, and those that they, they have done uh, inhumane, despicable, abominable things that they just say, I just can't forgive that. I can't forgive that. Now let me tell you something. If that's you, in the name of Jesus, repent in the name of Jesus. Let it go. Glory to God. Because when we refuse to forgive people in our life, even those that have hurt us, what we're actually doing is trying to make ourselves bigger than God the Father. Because when Jesus hung on that cross and he stretched out his hands wide and he said, I love you this much, Right? What did the Pharisees say? They looked at him and said, listen, if you're really God, if you really are the king of the Jews, if you really are who you say you are, why don't you miracle yourself off of that cross and then we'll believe. I mean, look at the ignorance of that statement. But what did the Lord Jesus say? From the cross, whipped and flogged and spat upon and beaten and could barely utter words because his lungs were so filled with water and pressure that he couldn't even breathe. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So when you refuse to forgive that person that hurt you, you're trying to make yourself bigger than Jesus Christ. For if it were not for the forgiveness that he extended, not one of us in this room today would be saved. The whole work would have been null and void right there on the cross. But because he forgave, we too should forgive. And forgiveness is a really important uh, a key to the kingdom because it means that we don't retain sin and we don't hold sin onto the other person. Amen? Let me give you a quick illustration. There's a lady walking her dog and the dog was trying to get away from the leash. 
But every time the dog pulled away, the lady would yank it and pull it back and the animal couldn't get free. The leash held the dog hostage, prisoner. The leash kept it bound and it was unable to break away. The dog could not break the chain. We got the image, right? A little struggling, a little tussling, the dog trying to get free. The lady won't let him free. And, and, and it's that chain that holds him. Many of us find ourselves hostage on a leash. And the links on that leash, the links on that chain are many. There are links of anger, links of bitterness, links of resentment, links of revenge, links of betrayal and brokenness and numerous other links. But no matter how many links are on this chain, all of them boil down to one thing, unforgiveness. When you are unwilling to forgive, you're like that dog on the leash that is held prisoner, held hostage, and no matter what you want, it's going to never let you free. You're never going to be able to run up the hill and run and smell the grass because you're always going to be held on by unforgiveness. Listen, if that's you this morning, let it go. Glory to God. Be set free from that prison. Let it go. Hallelujah. John 20, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. In other words, we cannot forgive on our own merit, from our own resource. Forgiveness is supernatural. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit in order to forgive. We must be filled, endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it'll free you from offense and bitterness. It will even free you from disease. Did you know that bitterness and stress and unforgiveness, it literally creates disease, dis-ease. You are no longer at ease. You are diseased. It's a disease through unforgiveness. So many people are sick and dying because they have not let go of things of their past. Listen, release it today in the name of Jesus. Christ forgave us. We too should be able to forgive. Amen? I'll say one last thing before I go to the fifth point. When you forgive, it doesn't mean that you have to go back to the way things were. Very important. Forgiveness sets you free, sets the person free, but it makes us wiser. The best uh, example I could give is if you happen to be in a car with a drunk driver and the car crashes into a pole or a sidewalk or something and everybody gets hurt, and you wake up in a hospital two months later out of a coma, and now you have to go through rehab and all this other stuff, it is very possible to forgive that person. Amen? Through the Holy Spirit, you release them, you release yourself, and you move on with life. But you become wiser. The next time that person is drunk, you say, yo, give me those keys. You ain't driving, and I ain't getting in the car with you. If you don't give me the keys, I'm going to call the cops myself. But listen, I love you. You're my boy. You know that. But I ain't letting you go out like that. 
we almost lost our life, right? So forgiveness doesn't mean you go back to the way it was because if it did, it means you're a fool. It means you get wiser and, and you grow and you mature. It may mean that the relationship takes another direction, but the relationship is alive and it's fresh and it's prosperous because of the Spirit of God. Amen? Last final point. Worship. The last discipline. Every day, daily discipline. Worship. Work worshipfully. Operate everything you do in your life worshipfully. Whatever it is that you do, in word or in deed, do it to the glory of God. We must learn to include the Lord in every aspect of our life. Glory to God. We need to start living out loud. In other words, come out of the Christian closet. So many of us are afraid to identify with Christ. The Bible says, die to self daily. Hallelujah. We should not ever make a separation between the sacred and the secular. In other words, you're the normal one. Amen? Living in an abnormal world. That's the way it is. Hallelujah. Christians should never apologize to anyone for their walk with Christ. You don't owe anyone an apology. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor. Say, thank God you're normal. Hallelujah. You're the normal one. This world is in a fallen state. Everything you do should be to the glory of God. And the world needs to catch up with you, not the other way around. Hallelujah. That's why I like that picture. Like, the, the guy's looking like, you must be crazy. You think I'm going to that party? You think I'm doing this? You think, no, I serve the Lord. Hallelujah. The joy is in the Lord. Everything we do, people, work. It should be to the highest degree of integrity because you're working as unto the Lord. We should be honest on our taxes because we know that we're honoring God with our wealth, with our income, with the first fruits. We should raise up godly children and hold them accountable because you honor God and his word and you are a follower of the Lord. In other words, don't make excuses when your kids mess up. Hallelujah. Take out the rod of correction and put it on them. Hallelujah. I ain't going to get no amens from the kids choir. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you the truth. It, the rod of correction will drive mischief far from them. Listen, we need to raise up godly children. And right now, there's a generation of rebellious kids that talk back to their parents, stealing, drugging, doing all kinds of wicked things. Glory to God. Listen, correct them and save them from hell. Amen. When it comes to giving, give till you drop because you know the Lord is your source. We shouldn't be afraid of blessing and giving. The life of a Christian is the life of a giving person. Jesus gave himself completely. Glory to God. We should be faithful in every commitment to Christ because you know that your life is an extension of his hand here on earth. In other words, you are an ambassador of heaven. Hallelujah. Though you may not have been there, hallelujah, God expects you to represent the kingdom of God here on this earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, as if God is making his appeal through you. Turn to your neighbor and say, tag, you're it. Hallelujah. Listen, you are an ambassador of heaven. Hallelujah. Did I go forward? Yeah, nope, I didn't. Hallelujah. An ambassador. There you go. Praise God. 
Whatever you do, I'm going to conclude right now. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus because there is power in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus because there's power in the name. Let everything in your entire life be centered around Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you today, I promise you, you will thrive and not just survive. You will be uh, 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 exponentially blessed. You will be exceedingly and abundantly blessed, but you must do it God's way. Hallelujah. Include Jesus in everything that you do, and he will see you through. Commit your life to him, and you'll win. Include him in every day, and he'll bring change your way. Hallelujah. That's my corny rhymes for the day. Hallelujah. I say to you, church, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Do you believe that? In order to see that happen, we got to stop teeter-tottering on the fence. So the next time somebody says to you, give me five, hallelujah, give them the five daily disciplines, hallelujah. Be ye thankful, be prayerful, speak kindly, forgive, hallelujah, freely, as often as possible, and worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Amen? God bless you, saints of God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. You are all in our prayers. We're able to bring this radio ministry to you because of the generous support of listeners like you. If you've been blessed by today's program, please consider partnering with us with a love offering of any amount. Visit our website, specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. That's specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday soon. We thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you.